who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone welcome to the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountis with me as always is eric sanchez and we're recording right eric Oh, yeah, we're recording. We're I'm at 12 okay. seconds, 13, 14, 15. Okay, good, good, good. All I right. believe you. Just letting you know. Just, just I believe you. <laughs> this week, based off a Twitter poll, we're going to take a look back at it. I was about to say review. We don't really review. We just look back at shows. And we're looking back at 1990 SummerSlam, Feel the Heat. I think mm-hmm. everyone remembers this pay-per-view the most as the bright orange Coliseum video VHS cassette. We'll talk about that cassette. I thought it was called the, I thought it was called the Heat Returns. Yeah, it is. You're right. Okay. Maybe that's why I got it wrong. And we'll talk about why I got it wrong in a second. All right. If this is your first time checking us out, really appreciate that. If you're a longtime listener, I appreciate you even more. You can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast and find all of your favorite uh, find us on all of your favorite podcast apps. Just search Positively Processing Podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcast, all that stuff. I know recently the Apple Podcast app update sucked. So if you're sick of using that, if you're an iPhone user like me, just switch on over to Spotify or SoundCloud or Stitcher, wherever you want. We're there for you. Just search Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. That's it for the propers. We got some t-shirts for sale, whatamaneuver.net. And a couple people bought a few things last week. A couple tank tops for the summer. You know, sun's out, guns out. I want to look cool there on the go. beach. That's what I was going to say, but you stole it. I did. No, I mean, cool you on the beach. Steal it. You were doing it already. You, you could pick it up, <laughs> and maybe maybe next summer we'll have Hawaiian PPW Hawaiian shirts. All right, that'd be a vacation shirt. Tommy Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> Got to come up with little logos and yeah, just our faces all over it. We could do that. We can do that. What's going on? Anything new and exciting? And you no, not really. I mean, my cool. birthday's tomorrow. I mean, today, yeah. whenever this comes out, my birthday is going to be the 17th of June. So, okay. That's exciting. So, you can do anything fun for it? Um, trying Did to you think. ask for any presents? Well, no, I think I, I bought my own birthday present, but then mm-hmm. I got treated to a birthday lunch dinner at Maggiano's mm-hmm. in Schaumburg. So, that was nice. And then we went to go see Steve Byrne. He's a comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that was Saturday. And then we did some early shopping. My girlfriend and i we went uh early shopping for me so mm-hmm. i didn't get it yet but i bought it i got some shoes and i found the uh the chase um tony storm in the red outfit the basic okay and then i got the tegan Knox. look at you basic You've got your sh- your women's superstar shelf filling up i like it that's cool yeah. i haven't seen the tony storm chase so that's cool that you found it where was it it was at meyer at meyer who yeah that's an interesting place to so, find it. So what I a saw fancy it, Walmart. It is. I, I like it. The one mm-hmm. in, um, like, closest to us is yeah. kind of like, I don't know, like it's just old like, Kmart. It, right. But it's you like, know, you, it's it's an actual store. Like, it's not there for toys. Like, it's a good grocery store, I think. Yeah. 
But if you go to the one, it's probably like 20 minutes away from us, and I think it's Mokina. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit nicer. They got a bigger toy section. Okay, I'll check that one out. The one in Tinley's gross, though. Don't go to that one. The it Meyer is. and Tinley. It used to be a venture in a value city. Mm-hmm. Remember venture? Yeah. yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. It's still the same flooring. <laughs> still yeah, dirty that's tiles. the thing. <laughs> so venture, I think they were a national chain, but they were a department store, kind of like a seer, but not even like a seer, because they were just had like clothes, jewelry, toys. Like, a, cool like, a, like a low budget Kmart. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I was telling the story because our venture came up because this was last week. My buddy texted me and he said, hey, the Chicago Sports Spectacular is coming to town. And he sent it to me. And it's basically a giant sports autograph show. And they have legit big stars coming, like Joe Montana and Lawrence Taylor and Steve Young and, mm-hmm. you know, and football guys. But, you know, uh, Ernie Banks, just huge sports stars in, in the world. And they charge a lot of money for autographs. But there's also some local not not lower tier people, but like for example, Chris Chelios, former Blackhawks player, huge star for us for the longest time for the Chicago Blackhawks hockey team, is going to be there. And I thought, you know, it'd be cool to get. I actually have uh, a jersey of his that I got when I was a kid. It was a starter Blackhawks jersey. And yeah, that's you cool. Like you might remember this, but in the early '90s, the Hawks were like they were really good. They've got Chris Chelios, Jeremy Roenick, Tony Amante, Ed Belfour, all these awesome hockey players, mm-hmm. and the jerseys were crazy expensive. They still are, but as a kid, asking your mom for like a hundred dollar jersey is going to be it's pushing it, you know. Yeah. So because they weren't like screen printed, they were always tackle twilled or whatever. They're stitched in letters and all that stuff. Anyway, yeah. I always wanted it for the longest time. My mom was always like, no. My dad's like, no. And I didn't push it too much. Even me as a kid knew, okay, I could negotiate more presents for that amount of money than just like yeah. one big present. So one day my mom and I are at Venture, and they have jerseys there. They have Blackhawks jerseys. And I, I was kind of looking at it, and I was asking her, like, oh, good. She's like, no. And then she grabbed one off the rack that she noticed, and I only realized this later. It didn't have a tag on it. Mm-hmm. So she took another Blackhawks like T-shirt up to the register with them and to the cashier. Yeah. And the cashier is kind of like looking through it, you know, she can't find the tag of the jersey. And mom's like, oh, I just grabbed this, another Blackhawks thing, a Blackhawks shirt. You can just scan this tag. She goes, okay. So she scanned it. <laughs> so I got so this hundred dollars. So your mom persuaded her just by v- words. Like, oh, here, you can scan this. Exactly. So ju- I got this Hawks jersey that's, you know. Two a hundred uh, not two hundred like a hundred dollars for like eight ninety nine eight dollars ninety nine cents or sweet like yeah so I still have it I mean, you got it from Venture is it, it was it like an original hundred dollar yeah. thing or was it like those you know those I, fake looking no it, it, that... no because Venture did get first run stuff they had like Bull stuff and Blackhawk stuff because the, they were good so if you yeah. remember Bulls and Blackhawk stuff was kind of everywhere kind of mm-hmm. like how wrestling stuff in I'd say the Attitude Era was everywhere like you go yeah. to the dollar store you get a stone cold steve austin matchbox car you know they were just i I don't remember blackhawk stuff being everywhere though but yeah well you probably weren't looking no i wasn't jc penny had it stuff oh yeah bull stuff was bull stuff was a gas stations that's how much popular that stuff was but (laughs) but same thing think like attitude era stuff that was just everywhere you looked and Mm -hmm. now there's a lot of wrestling stuff everywhere but not as much i think the attitude era as far as being able to access things for merchandise it's got to be the golden age to, to buy shit, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, Golden Era stuff, like 80s, early 90s, had a bunch of stuff, but it was harder to find. You had to catalog it. You couldn't go yeah. to Spencer Gifts and get a Stone Cold shirt or anything no, like so, that. But you could still go to some places now. But the way they have like the uh, the Golden Age stuff is like, yeah. just to me, doesn't represent what the, what the mm-hmm. 
people at the, like I think there's a like a WrestleMania Seven shirt and mm-hmm. it's got like six different people on it. I'm like, but that was there was no matches with those people, <laughs> right? It's like the, like the hodgepodge, like the goofiness. It's like just like laziness. Let's throw people on a T-shirt and people will buy it. Yeah, it was like a boss man, Piper, Barber, <laughs> Warrior, uh, Savage, Savage, and Warrior, and I'm like, yeah. That was, <laughs> That wasn't WrestleMania 7. <laughs> so my birthday's next week, too. It's June yeah. 22nd, so it's coming up. We should just go like hang out and just give ourselves a little, little boys' day. Little <laughs> boys' entail. day. I don't know what that would entail, <laughs> but... <laughs> anyway, my wife texted me yesterday from Target because mm-hmm. my oldest daughter wanted to get me something for Father's Day and my birthday. And she texted me a picture of that, that WrestleMania shirt you're referring to. Yeah. And she goes, do you have this? And what size are you? I go... No, and I don't want it. <laughs> like, that would ins- and she didn't get it for me. I think she got me like a button up, which is fine. Yeah. I got anyway. two of those by accident. Well, I got one and then I got a second one like a month later. How'd you get it by accident? Did well, my girlfriend buy- forgot she bought it the first time. Oh. And I said, th- I said, that's fine. I said, I'll wear it. You know, when this yeah. one wears out or I'll just wear them both like, <laughs> you know, alternate them. I mean, it's like a $9 t-shirt. It's not a big deal. Right. I don't so. care. Yeah. You don't care about the authenticity. You're good. Nah, Got a warrior on there. Yeah, uh, wrestling stuff for me. Nothing big going on. I'm selling a few things here and there. I've got my wrestling buddy up for sale for Macho King, mm-hmm. and I've got I sold a couple programs that I forgot I had. Actually, I was like, oh yeah, I have these, so I sold them. I'm not looking to thin out things. Excuse me, but I am looking to prioritize what I want to display and what I want mm-hmm. to keep and. And highlight and all this other stuff. I don't know. I also thought of something to get Mick Foley signed when we go meet him. So I got the King of the Ring 98 VHS signed. I okay. think I'm going to buy the Royal Rumble 2000 VHS with him and Triple H on the cover where he's Cactus Jack. Mm-hmm. And get the, uh, what is it? The I've got it here. The Over the Edge pay-per-view from 98 where he says Dude Love versus Stone Cold. And kind of ah, split okay. all three of those signs. Yeah, we'll see. That's we'll cool. see. I'm sh- the mixture might charge an extra for two signatures or two different items. I'm not uh, sure. I don't no? know. He seems like a good dude. He does. Did you watch I, his A&E biography? I did. It was really It was good. great. It yeah. was might have been my favorite one out of all the ones A&E did. I like them all. <laughs> yeah. It's just the, a good way to kill two hours, get refreshed with, you know, maybe a lot of things you already know, but there was a lot of stuff I didn't know. I'm like, oh, that's cool. The only, I didn't not like the Shawn Michaels one. I liked it, but they reused a lot of footage from his like 2007 DVD set, which yeah. kind of bummed me out, but it happens. And I, and I had just watched the two dudes with attitude, the icons like yeah, a week yeah. before that. So it was almost like too much Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. You gotta spread. You gotta spread out the HBK. Yeah. I thought the I thought the Brett one was great. The footage they had, and now he's with his young, smoking hot wife. And mm. He's just thirty years younger than he is. Good for the hitman. Yeah, you know he's living he's his best a, life. Got a rough life. Then he gets inducted in the Hall of Fame again, and some guy tackles him on the stage. Like oh. this poor guy. <laughs> like you remember that the original Hall of Fame thing when him and Anvil got inducted and some guy tackled him. Yeah, they did it in he, the middle of the ring. Right, but you heard the mic break go, ooh, as he gets <laughs> tackled like this poor guy. And then Travis Brown, Ronda Rousey's husband, former UFC heavyweight, comes mm-hmm. and just pounds the crap out of this guy's face. And you know, it wasn't A lot, lot of respect for the hitman. Hell yeah. We love the hitman. Hitman's got a pretty big night in this show. I think we can get right into it. This SummerSlam 1990 show. This show... SummerSlam 1990 took place August 27th, 1990 from the Spectrum in Philadelphia. The heat returns. It does. All right. 
what's your background in this show as a fan? First time you watched it? Any memories at all you've got for the SummerSlam '90 show? So I started watching a little bit, a little bit after WrestleMania uh, six. six. Yeah. So I did see like Earthquake and um, Hogan. I remember Tugboat coming out at you know send your letters to Hulk Hogan. He's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. He's a big old tugster. Um, I don't remember how Boss Man got into this. Maybe Tugboat got hurt again. Mm-hmm. But but I I was kind of just watching like the weekend stuff. So I didn't watch this pay per view live. I didn't order it. It wasn't anything I was really like into. I don't know. I, I just wasn't totally invested yet, but I was still watching on the weekends. Yeah, I was. I, I this was a time when I re, I'm sure I was watching. Cause I remember I have memories of random things mm-hmm. around this time frame, but I don't have memories of every week. And I was six years old in 1990, so okay, m- maybe almost seven. No, I would have been six. I would have turned six in June of 90. So I remember watching, but I, it was also the time when when you're six, you kind of have free reign of getting up and turning the TV on for yourself, but not mm-hmm. really yet. You're kind of maybe just starting to get that. So that's why I don't have a lot of memories of this time. Also, I think I've said this before on the show, but this SummerSlam 90 VHS was the elusive show for me to find. Okay. I never, like, eventually later on in life, when I was in like high school, I found like I went to like a different video store and they had it. But mm-hmm. I remember seeing it must have been on a catalog or something where I saw the what the VHS looked like. Yeah. And like would just ask my video store, like, Do you have SummerSlam ninety? And I'm like, Yeah, we have SummerSlam and I go and I'm like, No, you have SummerSlam ninety one, you idiots. <laughs> Give me the orange one. And I just never could find it. Also, when I finally did see it in person, mm-hmm. I saw it at a video store that we weren't members of. It was in a grocery store, which I've talked about before, where this was a thing where grocery stores would just open up a little video store that you could rent tapes from inside side of the video store because it was such an elusive business. It was so easy to make money on renting tapes. Yeah. And they it was out, one, it was out. And two, my mom was like, we're not like, no, we're not opening up another video store account so you can watch wrestling tape. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that you realize how stupid that sounds now. <laughs> your, your, your mom's like, I'm not, I'm not gonna open up another account just so you can watch wrestling. <laughs> it's on every weekend. Just, just watch that stuff. In, in fairness, she's very justified in her stance. Like, I can't yeah. argue with her. She's like, we go, we go to the video store every weekend by our house. Everywhere like, you gonna... go, like, can I have this wrestling? Can I? No, you got a bunch of stuff at home. <laughs> watch the tapes you have. Yeah, exactly. So another thing that confused me was we mentioned Tugboat. Originally, Tugboat was supposed to be in the Hulk Hogan's corner. Right. So on like the print ads and the posters for this tape, Tugboat was in Hogan's corner in the picture. Yeah. On the VHS, they updated it in time where Bossman was with him. So I was also confused. I'm like, what is, I'm like, is this a tag team match? Like, what is happening? And when you're a kid, the, you, you haven't seen something, you fill in the blanks in your head of what you think it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And I did that so much. And also on this tape, Kerry Von Erich, Texas Tornado, wins the Intercontinental Championship. Whenever they talked about the Texas Tornado, I think at like WrestleMania 7, like former Intercontinental Champion, I'm like, he never won that. Like, when did he win the championship? You couldn't figure it out unless right. you saw those things. And well, it was only for like three months, right? Yeah, it wasn't for very long at all. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll talk about that match, but when was the first time you saw this show? Would you have rented it somewhere? I don't even remember. Yeah, I might, I might not have seen this until like maybe network maybe era? like the internet or something. Okay, I mean it or was like, it was like pre-network. Like I'm sure that I found it online somewhere or a friend. Yeah. I don't remember when I watched it, but 
or maybe I just watched certain matches from it because I don't mm-hmm. remember ever seeing the um, what is that match? The two out of three falls. Like I don't remember ever yeah. seeing that. I've heard about it, and you know, since the network came out, I've watched it since. But I never saw that match, and there was another match I never saw. Mm, we'll get to it when it comes up. But this is this. this but is also as I weird. was watching this, like the weekend stuff, like I was familiar with the uh, Crush being the third member of Demolition, so I knew okay. that story. I knew Texas Tornado, like the debuting of all of this stuff, and LOD. I remembered them, so I was still kind of like getting back into this. I mean, maybe this is my first time getting into it because I was a kid. I'd watch it off and on, so I wasn't totally into it. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of Hasbro's in this show too. Mm-hmm. A lot of Hasbro's, and we'll talk about those as, as they come up as we go down the card. This match is, I was about to say, this pay-per-view is weird because it's nostalgic in the sense that all these guys are nostalgic for me, and I have the nostalgia of wanting to see it so bad and filling in the blanks of my head of what happened. Mm-hmm. But I, if this wasn't a show I watched like a hundred times. However, ironically, when the SummerSlam box set came out, it was in like yeah. a little cooler. I watched this a bunch because I was like, oh, cool. And then also... Maybe when that's the, when I saw it. I, I had to have rented it when I worked at a uh, yeah. store. Or like Netflix did the thing too, mail discs, they did those too. Yeah. But... Okay. Also, when the network came out, I watched this, I would like fall asleep to this show mm-hmm. like a bunch of times. It's like a... <laughs> this is it's a like, good one. Wanna, yeah. If I don't want to fall asleep to like WrestleMania 7 or like Rumble 92 yeah. or, or WrestleMania 8, I'll, I'll, I'll change it up a bit, put on the Slams 80 and, and see what we got going on there. And... When I rewatched the show today, and this is one of the first times I've rewatched it since the uh, box set came out, in the sense that I watched it fully, sitting all the way through and not uh-huh. falling asleep, or just having something on the background. Yeah, it starts off strong, it's pretty slow in the middle, finishes strong, and then kind of dies out at the end. At least I think so. And we'll, we'll talk about what I mean by that as the show goes on. But I did love watching it. I love the Hasbro's. I think the only negative to me, well, the one big negative is the warrior kind of getting screwed by being the main event, but not really <laughs> as the champion. Yeah. But I, I thought Vince McMahon was pretty annoying on commentary with Piper. I wasn't a fan of Vince. Oh, see, I, I didn't mind. I like Piper on commentary. Vince McMahon was just kind of Vince McMahon. Like I didn't have any good or bad mm-hmm. feelings about it, but I like Piper yeah. on this one. Yeah. So the show starts off. We've got, Oh, and I forgot to mention this too. So I talked about the first time I saw the show. It was at a different video store when I was in high school in Tinley Park on Oak Park Avenue. I don't know if you remember it. Uh, I yeah, I do remember it. Yeah, but it was like on Oak Park, like the downtown Tinley Park area. Yeah. They had it. I mm-hmm. rent I'm like, oh shit, I'm definitely getting this. I'll open up a membership to rent this because I was old enough to do that. I, had a yeah, I think there license. was this girl I worked with and she's like, oh, that place has everything. So I went over there. Yeah. They, they had everything. It was like a big yeah, warehouse. Right? Like, <laughs> like blew your mind. You're like, oh my God, this is yeah. freaking amazing. But this is like three times the size of any video store I've been in. <laughs> did you say you worked at Hollywood Video? I did work at Hollywood Video. How was that? How, was How long it? did you work there for? Uh, I worked there for about nine months. Okay. It was fun. Yeah. Why'd you quit? Uh, because I heard that one of the stores that I was working at was going to be closing. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get out before <laughs> before I was uh, on unemployment again. So was I went back. Cool? To... Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I, I like shifting the wall. Like anytime something new came out, you had to shift the wall. So I would do that like early morning. We were always dead. We'd get movies. I think we could rent three movies at a time. Like that was mm-hmm. free. And you can only have three. And, you know, once you watch those three, you, you could do it all two times a day if you wanted to. You could watch six, seven movies a day. Uh, so I did watch a lot of movies back then and burned a lot of movies and video games are free. And it was Man. fun. Did you get to pick what videos were being played in the store? No. Well, 
Not really. I'm like they had they had this um, kind of like that uh, service merchandise that we worked at. They they gave you like a laser disc to play for like the for yeah. the month. So it would be a lot of that. But sometimes like a Saturday or Sunday morning, <laughs> a laser disc they give you. Well, I mean, I, laser disc was service merchandise, but then we, okay. had, we had DVDs like the monthly DVD to talk about the co- upcoming features and this is yeah. releasing and you know just uh, th- uh, trailers and all that kind of stuff and music videos. It was, it was a lot. So. Bam. Nothing, Usually, nothing like, like yeah, when corporate wasn't around, like Saturday, Sunday mornings, I'd put like a movie on, just like a movie I've never seen before. Just to see, yeah, like, obviously it had to be PG, because you know I don't want to get uh, called not, on, <laughs> not putting uh, Porky's on or something like no, that. No, no Porky's. <laughs> Man, what a th- Friday night at, after school and like the winter when it's cold, you can't really mm-hmm. go out and play. And parents say, yeah, we can go get some movies <laughs> after dinner or before. Maybe if you're lucky, there's pizza involved. Yeah. What a time. What a freaking time. Taking it back. Built a movie store in my basement, and my two-year-old went to pick out movies, which was cool, because she can't really sit through things yet, but she's like, I want to pick it. Goes around and looks. Unfortunately, every time it's pretty much Frozen or Frozen 2, so I'm trying to get her to expand her her horizons. Maybe you should say they're rented and take them off the shelf. Take them out. Check them out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She she would not understand that concept. Someone else took them. (laughs) I can't watch it. Why? She would not get that. The show starts off with the classic the SummerSlam theme, mm-hmm. which I don't know why they ever left that. Bring it back tomorrow. This year's SummerSlam in Vegas. You're telling me in Vegas at the stadium they're having it. All of a sudden you heard that guitar riff. The crowd would not lose their damn mind. Oh, hell yeah, they would. Well, maybe they're, would. Too, maybe they're too young now to know. Doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's an awesome song. <laughs> what do we need? Like some other downstout song or whatever that they play over and over again? Or Downstraight? Sure, whatever their names are. I mean, they're fine, mm-hmm. but give me the classics. We got Vince talking about the double main event. And this got me thinking, was this the first time wwf advertised a double main event because i always think of the double main event as wrestlemania 8 mm-hmm. it probably was because they gotta you know give hogan the main event spot yeah it's like well brother um he hogan comes back so am i the main event dude His creative control says i'm main event well we'll make a double main event <laughs> it's like hogan stroking the fu man she's like all right brother that works that works mm-hmm. but i go on last right no hulk the champ does all right well can i can I do my pose? You can for do a couple poses. For 15 poses. minutes? <laughs> yeah, we'll get to Hulk. Just thinking like the show's over here. Yeah. And they've got to assemble that giant cage and mm-hmm. poor warrior. We'll get to it there. All right. And Vincent Piper on the commentary. And we start off with the first matchup, the Rockers versus Power and Glory. The Rockers, a couple of Hasbros. And this match I was get excited for. And then I forgot they take out Shawn Michaels at the beginning. I think he was really hurt here. And this might have been the match that I saw, like, you know, replays of and pictures yeah. of where I felt like Marty Jannetty was the strongest one because he held his own for a long time. That's you know, true. One on two for a lot, and he looked real good doing it. So I, I really like this match, even though it was kind of, you know, not really a tag match, but yeah. it was good. I liked it. It was just a six minute match, which is what it should have been for, like, kind of a squash. And I thought mm-hmm. it was kind of bold for the 1990 WWF pay per view to start off with bad guys winning. That was. Crazy yeah, but they mean. were cool. I mean, they had their their shades and their half cut uh, sweaters, power and glory. The what is it called? The crop top. Yeah, yeah, crop top. <laughs> the crop top sweater. <laughs> power and glory get the win, and the mar- the rockers soon. After, actually, not soon. They're together for a little while longer, but yeah, 
they they they'll always hear and i was kind of bummed at that i was a big fan of the rockers and i was a michaels fan but you were not you were a genetti fan and this is I was. why yeah i love genetti <laughs> and after this we go to our next matchup backstage we got mr perfect um he's he was interview versus about the texas tornado Miss Bobby Heenan talks about how a tornado looks big, but really he just knocks over a few mobile homes. You can see him coming in the distance. <laughs> and I'm like, it was like a weird analogy that didn't exactly work. Yeah. But did you know when you were a kid at all, Texas tornado was Carrie Von Eric? Did that mean anything to you? It didn't mean anything to me. I knew he had uh, Carrie on his boots and maybe mm-hmm. I saw it in a magazine because I was reading magazines too. So I, I, I probably did know he was Carrie Von Eric, but even Vince McMahon calls him Carrie Von Eric. Yeah. Like once. But mm-hmm. when I watch these old shows, I kind of like take the knowledge that I've learned about these old guys or mm-hmm. older guys, how Kerry Von Erich had like a bum foot and was wrestling that way and didn't want anybody to know. And I was wondering if like Bobby Heenan or anybody would like make a reference to that, like, you know, under the radar. Because <laughs> sometimes you could go back and like, oh, yeah, maybe they did know about that situation or that condition mm-hmm. or whatever. But nothing like that happened. <laughs> yeah. Texas Tornado gets the win here, and this is where he wins the Intercontinental Championship. Five minutes, 15 seconds, a very short match, yeah. but Perfect was selling the hell out of everything he, he that was, Texas Tornado man. did. It's like he had moonshoe springs in his boots. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I always love it. It's every match, though. Every match at Perfect Center, if someone grabs his hair and runs up to the turnbuckle and bounces his head off, he'll he'll put his feet on the bottom rope and, like, jump up, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. to, just to fly backwards. Like, the impact of having his head hit on the turnbuckle pad is just so impactful that he flies away. You see a lot of uh, Mr. Perfect and Dolph Ziggler in some of his matches. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In his, in, where he's just bouncing over the pace and doing flip-flops and all yeah. that stuff. But when the Texas Tornado wins... The pop was huge. And I don't know if that was because he won or because Perfect lost and we got a new champion. Well, where was this at again? Like it was what, in what, Philadelphia. Oh, oh, okay. So, so it wasn't in Texas or anything. Yeah, or even close to Texas. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> well, may, well, maybe the Von Erich thing was still big nationwide and we just didn't know about it. I think they were more pumped because Perfect lost oh, okay. and because we got a new champion. This wasn't a thing. You don't get new champions all the time in 90s yeah. WWF. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'm with that's you. That's what I think. What did you think of the match, though? I liked it. I mean, all the way up into this, I'm like, okay, perfect uh, Von Erich, and I don't know. I liked it. It's just a nostalgia couple, stuff for me. Again, two Hasbros, Mr. Perfect, Texas Tornado, couple mm-hmm. of Hasbros going at it. And you could Pulse. you could replicate the match and just redo it over and over. And I never be, had a Texas Tornado figure. I did. Did you? Man, yeah. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> we have a post-match interview where Perfect is pissed. Bobby's pissed and perfect talking about how the referee missed it. And Bobby's talking about it too. But I like how they do this a couple of times throughout the show. Uh-huh. Perfect does it. And demolition does it. They're like furious that they lost their championship. Well, yeah, it really puts an emphasis on how important those belts are. Yeah. I like I'd be, that. I'd be upset too. <laughs> Speaking of upset, queen Sherry dressed as a cat uh-huh. defeats Sapphire by forfeit here. And this is a story they do throughout the show where they were supposed to have a match and then Sapphire doesn't come out. And again, when I say Sherry's dressed like a cat, think of the cat's musical. That's what she looks like with uh-huh. her costume there, except with all silver. Yeah, so I, silver face paint. And she's got did they ever the, make the, a figure of this? No. They should. I mean, if they did, it might have been a Jax that I'm not familiar with, but there's no right. way to tell. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, some fig life person out there, let us know at PPW Podcast. <laughs> did Jax make a 1990 SummerSlam cat, Sherry? 
Because I'd buy it. I'd buy that shit tomorrow. And when she's on the microphone, her voice is so grating, but it's so hot to me. Like, I love when she's hot. Oh, oh, man. I love it. You're a big Sherry guy, eh? Yeah. (laughs) This is called the Creep Cast. No, Sherry. Come on. (laughs) Come on now. People thought she was sexy. Did, I don't. I don't. I think she purposely dressed ridiculous so they wouldn't think that. See, I'm not so, talking about how she just dressed. I mean, just her, her uh, charisma, her her deal, her 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 bag, baby. <laughs> her deal. All right, whatever. Whatever you say. Seth Fred is in show, and then we go backstage, and this is, starts a theme here, where there's just so many interviews throughout this show. Mm-hmm. It feels like a, almost like a TV episode. Yeah. With the, with the, like the angles they're running throughout the show. Dusty's backstage with Mean Genie's concerned, and then Duggan randomly shows up. He's like, I mm-hmm. haven't seen her dust. <laughs> I'm like, why is that such a Duggan here? Because <laughs> he's backstage. You expect to see other wrestlers walking around. And this is also during a time where there's an angle going on throughout the weeks building up to this where Sapphire keeps getting gifts. Right. And Dusty needs From- like, oh, she got a round trip around the world and a mink fur coat and a brand new Cadillac. I'm like, mm-hmm. from, right, not, from, is- a, from a secret admirer. I mean, if I even if I'm dusty, I would think, okay, who whose dick you sucking to get these Cadillacs here, Sapphire? <laughs> or the dust. Other was, the or other dust. thing that was weird was the Sapphire Dusty relationship. Like they weren't they weren't hooking up. They no, were but, but friends. Like a, a couple um, comments were made, like, oh, if that was my wife or you know my girlfriend. And but was it implied that Sapphire and Dusty were an item? I don't know. I, I, was, I, was. I was a kid. I just. <laughs> I what did know. you think? I just thought it was like friends. What did you think Macho King and Sherry were doing? I thought they were together. You thought they were hooking up. Okay. Well, I'm not so much hooking up. I mean, I was a kid. I just not well, that I, I think... not not that I don't think like that stuff, but you know, I just thought they were together like hanging out or <laughs> I don't remember. You say so. I mean, I don't picture them having sex. It was just like they were they were Well, now you're now you're doing it. Now I am. Oh, Mach, you my man, well, Mach. Now you're thinking Mach and Sherry. All yeah. right. This has gone off the deep end. Let's go to our next matchup. Oh, so real quick, when Jim Duggan's on here, I'm like, man, I want a Jim Duggan figure. So I hit up eBay, and yep. I'm looking at the uh, the the uh, those the legends, or it's just a WWE yep. Elite series. So I'm looking at that, I'm like, mm, do I really want to pay seventy dollars for that? And you then can, I'm lo- no. then I'm looking at the other one. I'm like, the, you know, the uh, wrestling super whatever that was. What. The wrestling Retro Super Fest? S- Retro Fest. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking at that one. I'm like, I don't like that singlet he's wearing, but I do mm-hmm. like that head. I'm like, maybe if I could find the head and put it on the... So I'm doing all this research while I'm, while I'm watching that. My favorite one is the basic Duggan where he's got the USA-style demolition face paint. Okay. Yeah, you do have that one. You you should get that one. I don't know. That's a good Duggan. Okay. Or they need to make a... <laughs> I'll, Carl I'll Sandberg it. blue gym shorts dug in from like 2008. That's what I want. Okay. That's nice what Hacksaw. you want. great guy. You ever get a chance to meet him? You meet him. If there's a con coming up, you you meet him. For this all-out weekend coming up, I know there's no StarCast, but I'm already starting to see independent show bookings, like Game Changers having a show, and they're doing that sports comic collection thing, Labor Day weekend, where they already, they've already booked the big show for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure the more wrestlers will come to do that too. So maybe we can check that out. We can meet some wrestlers. Yeah, that'd be fun. Be a fun time. And what's cool about that, it's like a $5 admission. So it's just cool. Hey, to, to not bad. That's yeah, right up my alley. Now you're talking. Yeah, now, well, now we're talking. Keep an eye out for all out tickets. And if I can't get them, I've decided I'm not going to pay secondary market prices. We'll just watch it in the gazebo. It'll be a fun time. Yeah, I think that'll be better. 
Unless I get like ringside seats. Oh, I'll okay. Go. Then you go by yourself because I'm not going to pay for ringside. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pay for the pay-per-view. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I won't even pay for that. I'll watch, anyway. it, on, I'll watch it on some illegal channel. <laughs> <We've> <laughs> some illegal enough. stream. <laughs> Way to support them. We've got another Hasbro matchup here with the Warlord taking on Tito Santana. However, Tito only got El Matador, but it still counts. Same guy. Yeah, it still counts. See, I was Why looking. Did... There, the, the match, the buildup for this one was supposed to be Martel and Tito because they had broken up. So I thought I was going to see the Strike Force thing, but mm-hmm. then um, I guess the week or two before this, they switched it to Warlord. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why, but I mean this match was okay. I mean I still like Warlord and his fan of the opera stuff, but yeah. Why do we like Warlord so much? You and I, I both love the Warlord. What's I, the deal? I think it's that uh, Bulldog match at WrestleMania Seven. <laughs> it just carried his whole career for us. Yeah, just just two beefy dudes <laughs> doing beefy things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Power slams, clotheslines, uh, full Nelsons. I'm a fan. He's yeah. still alive, so maybe next next Comic Con that he's at or whatever con. And have him get an eight by ten of him, you know, putting the bulldog in a full Nelson if he's got what the with, with you table. in a full Nelson. I'll take your picture. <laughs> He'll be in the full Nelson. <laughs> he's got to have that uh, that that stick with the W on it, though. Well, I'll just make sure the fingers aren't locked so I can break it. You think he'll let me break it? <laughs> yeah, you could power out like uh, Warrior broke out of the Rude Awakening later on. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Another note I have about this Tito Santana match is. Tito has one hell of a flying forearm. He does. That, it's freaking awesome. And I, I'm like, why doesn't somebody steal that? That's an awesome finish. It can kind of come out of nowhere. It's, I like it. I wish someone would steal that finish. And he would have finished no one, him. No I thought one that else was does the end not, not as a finish. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a finish, you're right. It's but all, got to. a lot of these finishes are just set up, or just basic moves now. So What? Like the, the other thing that was cool was he hits the flying forearm and yeah. you think it's over and I did too, but I kind of noticed Warlord scooted towards the ropes. He put his mm-hmm. foot in the ropes. Yeah. That's not what close. the heel normally does. Well, he's got to get out. He does. Like Slick should have put his foot on the rope. Yeah. Well, Slick takes his shoe off at some point during this. <laughs> was going to throw his shoe at yeah. him. And I was recently watching Austin Powers for the first time in like 10 years. Still holds up, by the way. Still mm-hmm. funny. And he's like, who throws a shoe? Honestly, that hurt. That really hurt. Slick throws the shoe. He does. Or that guy who threw the shoe at George Bush when he was president, he ducked it. <laughs> I remember that. Still a great video. Still holds up. Warlord gets the win after a big, big power slam. And he's he's building himself to an awesome matchup versus the British Bulldog at WrestleMania yeah. 7 the next, in 1991. So, so far, the matches are okay. There's no classic just yet. And then we get, after this, our first, I guess, big classic of the night. And it's going to be the Bret Hart, the Bret Hart. I'm talking like him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the the Bret Hart team <laughs> against uh, Demolition. The Hart Foundation versus Demolition. Two out of three falls. I and this is this where match. Demolition's got three members, Axe and Smash, or mm-hmm. Crush and Smash, or Crush and Axe, or whatever yeah. the combinations are. Yeah. Well, they, they did that in the interview. Like, it could be Crush and, uh, crush and Axe. It could be Crush and Smash. It could be Smash mm-hmm. and Axe. All that stuff. We're like, okay, well, let's just get two of you out there. <laughs> I've seen get this, this match going. a bunch of times and i don't know why i just have seen it over and, over. and it must be the match like i fall asleep to dude it's like a a plus 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 two out of three falls lod's involved mm-hmm. the it's just awesome and we do this sometimes where we don't want to talk too much about the match because we want people to go back and watch it if you haven't seen it in a long time we may have go back and watch it yeah any things that stood out for you when you were watching this for finishes or big moves or anything like that 
Ah, uh, I mean the, the 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 thing that really like put the cherry on the top for me was just the 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 last pinfall. Like that finish was perfectly timed. Like mm-hmm. there was no delay. There was no like waiting for something to happen. Like the wrestlers weren't waiting for something. Like you watch wrestling today, like, oh, they're in the corner. They're waiting for them to come in so they can slip out. Like you could see they're waiting to do certain moves. Like it was like perfectly timed and I loved it. Mm-hmm. 14 minute match, which isn't that long for a two out of three falls fat match. And the thing that was kind of goofy, though, is they kept trying to say that you couldn't tell Demolition apart when they were switching guys out because the whole thing was only two members of Demolition or a lot of ringside. Yeah. Which was kind of dumb. That, that was Vince McMahon. He's like, I can't tell him apart. And Piper's like, you can't? <laughs> I'm like, well, one's balding. The other's like six foot three. And the other one's five foot eight. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't all look more, dif- more right. different yeah. if they tried. Yeah. So then I, deep- then I squinted my eyes and tried to see. I'm like, yeah, that kind of looks like Axe when it was Smash. <laughs> LOD comes out full shoulder pad gimmick to mm-hmm. to make sure there's no shenanigans involved. Yeah. Heart Foundation get the win. and They just the walk fam- up, pull Smash out from under the ring. Smash like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you can hear him like say that real loud like as they're going as the camera's on the actual match itself you go what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good that's a good impression of ed moody whatever his name is <laughs> good impression and this has got the famous image of anvil covering heart like ha ha ha, ha like after they yeah. won mm-hmm. the other I, thing about I like this... that inverted power slam like he had mm-hmm. uh jim anvil picks up bret hart like backwards yeah and then he just like jumps and like does the power slam where uh bret hart's like chest hits uh whatever it is crushes to, to get the pinfall mm-hmm. or try to get the pinfall and the other thing that was cool was the pop after they won and this is two title changes in one night which yeah. is crazy the crowd loses it this is another huge pop one that i i remember being big but i think this one was bigger than i remembered yeah it was awesome and awesome to go back and watch this match not only for the ending but the whole story the first fall where demolition gets it the first pinfall and it's just awesome go back and watch this match like you said 10 out of 10 a plus plus match plus of the night. plus match so, the night by far here's it here's another thing like when crush came in as a third member of demolition i, I saw him I'm like this guy sucks like i don't yeah. like his look he's not a demolition he looks he doesn't he, to me he didn't fit in and even when I was watching it as a kid, I'm like, he sucks. He's not good. Because I could, I don't know, I just had that attitude about him. Yeah. <laughs> but then going back and watching this, like, he's not bad. Like, he does that devastating, like, um, where he picks him up and drops, like, their ribs across his knee. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, he, he looks good. Sure. So I think this changed my mind about uh, Crush. Okay. And then you, of course, would go on of to course, famously of course, crush a crush. kid's head. Shaka bra. Kona Crush. <laughs> yeah. But that, that, was, that was years in the making. It was. This was the start of it. You're like, ooh, one day, like, two years from sucks. now. <laughs> screw but I did like him as Kona Crush. Go figure. Yeah. And then post-match, the Legion of Doom is backstage with Mean Gene. Then the hearts come in. They celebrate. Then Sean Mooney's outside of the demolition locker room, and they're furious. He doesn't even go in there because they're just screaming so much. Back to my point earlier about how cool it is that the wrestlers that lost those titles are pissed because they care so much about them and how hard it is to get them. Which, not to say there's not that now. I do think the main titles, people do care a lot about them and it's their importance is emphasized. But this just seemed to hit different with how furious they were. Then we get this another interview with Mean Gene with Cherry, who's pumped about her win. And then there's just more and more interviews. So this has to be intermission of the show. It's just nothing but interview, interview, interview mm-hmm. backstage. And yeah. there's not much to say about them. Nothing really stands out. 
I did love an Earthquakes interview where they're doing the whole recap of what happened and how they got here and how he crushed Hogan's ribs in the Brother Love show mm-hmm. and how Tugboat said write in Hulk to get Hulk better. And they also showed him crushing Tugboat, so that's how he gets out of the match to being Hogan's buddy. Really quick, guys. We just had a technical issue where Eric's Skype call cut out, so we're going to hop right back into it now. Eric, you're there? Yeah, I'm back. What's and you're up? you're recording? Yeah, can you hear for me? Sure. Yes, you're recording okay. for sure? Uh, yeah, 13, oh. 14. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anyway, we were talking 16. about <laughs> we were talking about <laughs> Earthquake backstage and his interview, and they were showing how he crushed Tugboat, who was Hogan's buddy at the time and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we love, Ho- we love Earthquake always running in the interviews. He's he's trembling. He's been making the ground tremble, right? Yeah, just doing that little jot, little little hop back and forth to the left, to the right, to the left, to the right, hitting up. You made a mistake, Hogan. You gotta come for me, Hogan. You made a mistake. Oh, John Tenta, is that you? Holy (laughs) John Tenta, (laughs) Avalanche, the shark. Yeah, or Golga, as we talked about a few weeks ago. Golga, yeah, that was that was a guy. We talked about it a few weeks ago. And next up, we've got the match of the night. That's weird. Jake the Snake Roberts versus Bad News Brown, right? This is the match of the night? This the match of the night that's weird. The first <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, this is the match of the night. <laughs> this is the weird match of the night. The Harlem sewer rat versus the snake. And the boss man's the referee for some reason. I have yeah. no recollection of this feud whatsoever. You I think you were telling me before you remember the sewer rat thing. I don't remember this at all. I remember it because I uh, up to this match there was a build up and there was going to be two hundred pounds of sewer rats. So I'm thinking two hundred pounds of sewer. Rats. Yeah, that's what they, they even mentioned in this pay per view, and they say two hundred pounds sewer rats, plural. Mm-hmm. But when they're doing the backstage with uh, Bad News Brown, he lifts up kind of like um, it was like a little uh, like a little dog cage or, or whatever it was or mm-hmm. raccoon trap cage, <laughs> and he lifts up this little uh, towel and it's just like one big fat rat. And I'm thinking. There should be like 40 of those things. That's just a rat. It's yeah, a it's, it's, it's singular. <laughs> yeah, would you say splinter? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought you said. I'm like, man, that was funny. Um, but yeah, 200 pounds, like I was expecting a totally different match. And that rat didn't even make a make an appearance in the match. It was pretty bad. It's just a four-minute match. Jake wins by DQ. There's mm-hmm. nothing even to say about this match. It's just weird. Jake's always great, though. I, I like the control that Bossman has in it, though, because he, I mean, he kind of dictates to Bad News Brown. Bad News Brown listens. Like, if I was talked to, like, a wrestler that wasn't even in a referee outfit, <laughs> he's just dressed up like a policeman, mm-hmm. you know, I, I might hit him from behind or, you know, do something to get disqualified, but, you know, he was pretty obedient. Bossman's also got the sweet WWF shop uh, catalog uh, yeah, cap yeah, on. Yeah, I noticed that. The same I, hat that I the love kid this wore. Version Remember, of the British man. dog's going to win whether he wants to or not from SummerSlam hey, 92. You, you love go. this boss man? Go ahead, sorry. That's okay. No, because he just comes back this year of boss man because he just lost a bunch of weight. Like, he looks, I don't yeah. know, 10 years younger. He doesn't look like so, like, I don't know, slow or out of shape. Like, he, he's, he's, he's good. I like him. Ray Trailer's the man. He gets the, Jake gets the win here after the DQ. And then backstage, Demolition still pissed off, talking with Mean Gene about it, and Crush is back there with him. He's pissed. Everybody's pissed. But, hey, we like that. We like when the champs really, really wanted their belts and they're pissed they lost it. It makes it matter more. For sure. This is a match that doesn't necessarily matter a lot. (laughs) I saw Jim Duggan and Nikolai Volkov versus the Orient Mm -hmm. Express. I don't know even why this match was on here. The other thing that's weird is Duggan and Volkov have a singing of God Bless America, but it's not a good singing of it. So you think that's like a heel no. thing to do. It's not, though. 
And no, the crowd's into not. it. In fairness, the crowd cheers and they're happy. See, I was expecting, you know, they're singing. And to me, as a wrestling fan, I'm just conditioned. If you start singing lousy, you're going to get hit from behind from mm-hmm. the opponent. But it's more like a heel thing to sing. And I don't know. I thought I didn't think they were going to finish the song, but they did. I thought Volkov was a pretty good singer. <laughs> you do. He is. Hacksaw's just kind of coming in with the whole ho in the in the hacksaw stuff, and you know, just chiming in with every other word. <laughs> yeah, and, it's a uh, Orient Express just quietly standing in their corner, waiting for them to finish. <laughs> exactly, they're just waiting for it to. Be... They're just standing there, they're like, they're oh, so... okay. They're so polite. Man, I beat the shit out of them. <laughs> and they lose in three minutes to these guys. Yeah. These clowns. Oh, well. <laughs> so real quick, Orient Express. Is it, do you like the uh, this Orient Express or the one with the, the, the mask, Kato, from, was it WrestleMania 8? I don't know. Seven, I think. Seven. Uh, these, this is the one I think of more when you, you, you like tell me Orient Express, like the guys who wrestle in pajamas, I think of these guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, me Not too. the mask guys. The mask makes them too fancy. Like, gotcha. Get out there in your PJs and go wrestle. <laughs> Next up, we've got Dusty Rhodes, who still can't find Sapphire. And we have the match with uh, Dusty versus the Macho King. Mm-hmm. But before his match, Ted DiBiase comes out in the little stage area and says, I'm trying to do a, I was going to do a Ted DiBiase impression, but I don't think I have the, the stomach right. for it this late All at right. night. Cl- clear your throat. <clears throat> I don't even... Uh, I can't. I, I, oh, I don't have okay. it in me. He right. He's out there. He's yelling at Dusty saying that, you know, you, you were wondering who was buying all these presents. Who was buying all this stuff for Sapphire? It was me. And then Sapphire comes out in a mink mm-hmm. coat. And du- or Dusty, Teddy Biasi's got the WWF catalog, merch catalog, duffel bag full of cash. <laughs> yeah. He's like, who do you think bought her this bracelet? Who do you think bought her this mink coat? You, gotta, who you do, do you think good, bought, who, who do you think bought her this uh, diamond necklace? And yeah. Sapphire's got this little sassy attitude. She's like, ooh, look at me. So he bought her a new attitude as well. She was yeah, in yeah, humble yeah, beginnings and she's got new clothes and... You know, Hopefully before, that, that was enough in that bag to pay for that new attitude. Before, Sapphire just had to wear polka dots. So that's why she went to Ted. She was pissed. She mm-hmm. wanted new clothes. <laughs> that's the only reason <laughs> that's she went she to wanted. him. <laughs> she just wanted a new coat. The common and, man couldn't afford what she wanted. And it's a bummer because this this, this distraughts Dusty so much that he loses to Macho King in two minutes. That could have This could have been a really good match. I'd have been pissed. I would have, I would have been looking forward to this match yeah. a lot. And then this yeah, sto- storyline ruined... The, the Sherry versus Sapphire match and this match. It's a bummer, but what are you going to do? But, but, but I like post-match where uh, Sapphire and, and DiBiase and Virgil, they're out by their limo and um, du- mm-hmm. they kind of go back to the arena. Yeah. And you see Dusty's just like kind of jogging like towards the back. So, so Virgil's just kind of standing by the door for no reason. He should have gotten in and they all drove off, but he's waiting for Dusty to come out. Dusty's like, come in, come in. And Virgil jumps in and they drive off and Dusty's chasing him in his mm-hmm. underwear. It is <laughs> polka dot tights and his cowboy boots. <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs> this poor guy, NWA champion of the world, big draw yeah. in Florida, the American dream, Cut legendary promos, chasing Ted DiBiase and Sapphire and Virgil. Oh, man. But we got some good news coming up for me as a WWF fan. The main event. Yeah. Hey. Uh, I mean, it's not the main event, but it feels like it. The double uh, main uh, event, Hulk Hogan versus Earthquake. Pre-match, we've got a promo with Hogan and the big boss man backstage because boss man is his partner. Or not his partner, his enforcer in his yeah, corner. Enforcer. Because Earthquake's got Dino Bravo. Watch his back. Yeah, big Hasbro matchup, Earthquake versus Hogan with Bossman. 
Mm-hmm. But two versions. This this version of Boss Man got a Hasbro too. We got skinny Boss Man Hasbro. See, I had the fat. I still got the fat Boss Man. Yeah, I think I gave him to you. You did. I still I, need that nightstick. I'll find somebody that does like three D printing. Just yeah, make, you don't, you don't just need, make me a nightstick. You don't need authentic ones. Like seventy five bucks for those authentic ones, whatever they're charging for them. It's nuts. Yeah, forget that. Boss Man gets a big pop. His music gets a big pop. So the crowd's ready for this. They're mm-hmm. so ready for Hogan to come back. Hogan's first Hogan's music hits, and it's a big pop. Then when he walks through the curtain, it this building erupts. Philadelphia loves the Hulkster. East Coast wrestling fans love Hogan. He was awesome here. Like you the can't, roof was blown off. It was off the spectrum, and Hogan comes out is little you know kind of nostalgic, looking out at the crowd like thank you so much for all this. Mm-hmm. Hits the ring cautiously, as you do against a guy like the Earthquake. What is it? Piper keeps calling him a warthog or something like that. <laughs> yeah, warthog. I mean, it just busted your ribs. You're out of action for a while. And this guy did it to you. Yeah. Your career was almost over. You're going to be cautious. Mm-hmm. But Hogan does the poses before the match, all your classic t-shirt toss, but the crowd is losing it. And then the match starts. And on paper, you're thinking, this match is going to suck. It's really good. It's really entertaining. It's just a really good match. It is. I, I like the, I mean, I, I guess you could call it psychology, just the hesitation of Hogan and not really overpowering him. Mm-hmm. And he, he tries to go for the body slam, or yeah, I guess the body slam, can't yeah. pick him up. He finally does get the body slam, picks him up, but he falls back. So this whole time, I think Hogan is probably getting the raw end of this whole thing, about 90% of the match. He just can't get over earthquake he can't knock him down i mean there's a couple times he's hitting him and yeah. he's on rollers no nah, i was gonna say roller he's skates, on roller like, skates <laughs> like like, like uh, what's his name um on uh dynamite the guy in the mask darby allen no no on the guy skateboard? on commentary the guy in the mask oh excalibur excalibur he says roller skates a lot but okay. i was gonna say he's like on wobbly legs because he gets him and then earthquake mm-hmm. is awesome like i love how he does everything he's he does is so like with finesse good. He's for, so good for for a guy that looks like a slob, like he does. He looks sloppy fat, and he's all like cinched up in his in his little outfit. And <laughs> but he's so I don't know. He's 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 so good. And when he does that earthquake splash on Hogan, I think once or twice, and he just jumps and like I don't know how he does it. He just yeah. kind of sits on him. He doesn't squash him. Well, he smashes his feet down for the impact, but he doesn't kill a guy, and he could. Yeah. He can yeah. crush the holster. He could. He, he does two splashes. And the second one, they do like a point of view camera of his taint <laughs> and Hogan's chin. Yeah. Hogan kicks him out. And when he kicks out, Earthquake sells the hell out of the Hulk up because he like flips over. Mm-hmm. You know, Hulk's just shaking yeah. his head. The crowd's losing their damn mind. This is just classic stuff, but it's good. Good yeah, classic good. Hogan stuff. Mm-hmm. 90 Hogan, which was fantastic. And you're thinking... Even I've seen this show, seen this pay per view a ton of times. I know the ending. I know this isn't the main event, but it kind of seems like it is. It feels like it. I mean, the crowd's with it. Hogan's in it. Um, yeah. Hogan gets the win by uh, a count out, which it's still a win, but it, it makes them both look like yeah. this isn't over. They continue the feud on the house and, show and, circuit. And, yeah, Hogan tries even to... says, like, this isn't over, Hogan. Yeah, Hogan slams Earthquake onto a table on the outside. The table doesn't break. What's like, mm-hmm. how strong is that table for Earthquake not to break it? This yeah. isn't no Attitude Era tables that were breaking like crazy. After Hogan wins, uh, Earthquake comes in and starts attacking him again. Yeah. However, Bossman to the rescue with a stepladder smacks the hell out of first Dino Bravo. 
Mm-hmm. Dino Bravo takes it once. He's like, I'm out of here. Yeah, he, he, roll, he rolls right out of there. <laughs> hits Earthquake like six or seven times with this thing. Leaves these big-ass welts on his huge back. And when I say stepladder, think of like an aluminum metal stepladder you have in your house to change like light Like a two-step ste- two stepladder, right? Yeah, it's a two-step ladder. A foldable. It, <laughs> it's not a folding chair. I don't know if he couldn't find a chair or if he was like... Earthquake pissed me off. I'm going to take him out. Type yeah. of thing. Teach this young rook a lesson. But man. And then. But Hogan. I, I like I like the no sell though. Because um, Earthquake mm-hmm. had Hogan up. Like picked him up at like the chokehold. Yeah. And uh, Boss Man hits him with it once, twice. And he still doesn't drop him. Like he doesn't look like it phases him. But on the back you can see it's all cut up with the marks and stuff. Yeah. And what sells everybody. What everyone backs off from is when he whips out that nightstick. Oh man, he's like noon chucka over there, like, <laughs> noon chucking, fl- fl- flipping it around his hand. Is that what we're calling night sticking? Noon chucking instead of nun chucking? Yeah, noon chucking. I like it. I like it. Post match, Hogan poses like the show's over and everyone's going home, mm-hmm. and it goes on. It seems like some, maybe longer than when he is the main event. Yeah, and he, and then he still got to set up that big blue cage. So there's probably some like union guys back there <laughs> holding this big awkward metal thing. Like, oh god, get this guy out of here! They're looking but, at their watches because that's what they had Casio watches back then. They're looking sure. like, what the hell? This is seven minutes in. I thought it, I thought he wrapped this up in you know three or four. Nope, nope. He keeps pointing. They had to restart the song. You know when they restart the song, he's been out there for a while. <laughs> yeah, oh, but no one, no one gets him out. And Hogan says, oh, you know, brother, you know, just what it is. But hey. He gets the win. The crowd's happy. The crowd's pumped to see him. However, they've used a lot of their energy because just as they're dying down, Hogan says, oh, no, one more time with the ear yeah. cup thing. Poor Warrior. He's back there pacing. He's got his awesome blue title on. We go to a backstage yeah. interview with him. Him and Root are talking trash. Yeah. It's like, oh, this freaking guy. <laughs> We're supposed to be the main event here. And Warrior's got the blue winged eagle strap, which is my yeah. favorite. I think it is. I like the purple one, the white one, the blue, but they're all great. But the blue's my favorite one. This like teal blue really pops. Rude comes out. And you said, uh, did you watch this on Peacock? I watched this on Peacock. So I, um, they they changed the music for Rude, for Rick Ru- for okay. Rude when he came out. It was just like a generic. I think he used to come out to like the old classic stripper song. Yeah. Like the beat. Well, it was just a generic version of that. So it sounded similar, but it was, it was definitely, you could tell the difference because when he was playing it, that's all you heard. And then mm-hmm. Rude is coming out and then maybe 10 seconds, 20 seconds later, you hear Vince McMahon or Roddy Piper talk. And I wasn't sure if it was just, um, something weird. Yeah. It was kind of, I didn't know what it was. If it was like somebody talking over, it, it sounded strange. So then later on, like within a minute, I heard them talking again. So they had dubbed over or whatever mm-hmm. they tried to do to put this new song into the old one. or and Just the commentary sounded like crap while they was doing the introduction. Yeah, of them. I actually popped in the DVD version because my Peacock app was being goofy. I was like, screw it. I'm going to deal with this. So I'm glad I did. I got to hear the original Root, Root yeah, song. Yeah, that's good. The Warrior song still intact. Jim Johnston. Warrior comes out like a bat out of hell. Crowd gives him a pop, but not quite a Hogan pop. They've nah. used all their energy. He's shaking the hell out of this damn cage. I thought it was going to come down with how much he was shaking it. <laughs> it had to have been going back two, three feet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's on it. Like, he climbs up halfway through. He's just shaking, like, rocking back and forth on it. Like, he's trying to tear it apart. Do you think the you, the guys that put it together are like, oh, God, please don't break. We gotta, we gotta <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, did you tighten those bolts? I, I, don't, I don't know. I yeah. guess we'll find out. Yeah. And then he gets down. He's just just hauling ass around the ring like just doing laps yeah he was just looking at him but going like you know watch like an indie car race watching him do laps he's like what this guy's what's he doing 
Any standout things from this match for you when you watch? I've seen this match sometimes because it's, it's a good match. It's one of Warrior's better yeah. matches he's ever had. So any other standout stuff besides the fact that it's really good for him? Um, I, I think a lot of the back and forth was fun at the beginning. It looked like Warrior was just going to own the own Rick Rude throughout this whole thing. Yeah, you know, like Rick Rude gets gets busted open on the on the uh, the cage. Warrior gets busted open, so they're both kind of bleeding, which is fun. Um, not a whole lot of attempts to leave, mm-hmm. you know, which I kind of liked. Uh, but there was this one part. Um, I think Warrior's down, and 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 Rick Rude. This is kind of the middle of the match. Rick Rude's like crawling on his like belly and just kind of scrapping and, and trying to get to the corner to, to, to get out the gate. Mm-hmm. And he opens up the cage door and he's almost out and warrior just jumps up behind him. Not looking like he's still got his head down. He just reaches out, grabs uh, roots tights, starts pulling him back. And I think warrior thinks that roots coming with the tights, but he's not <laughs> roots just laying there <laughs> and he just pulls his tights like total, like over his ass down to his mid thigh. Oh and th- then when he looks up, Root is kind of like bent up and like his ass is sticking out more because he's on his more uh-huh. on his knee more on his knees now. Yeah. So it's like full ass asshole right right in Warrior's face. So <laughs> Warrior's just, why is it gonna be the hole too? <laughs> well, he's all bent over. I mean, I I expect it. <laughs> so then oh, Warrior almost like God. says, "I can hear Warrior like oops." So he kind of just slowly pulls the tights back up over his butt <laughs> awkwardly, slowly. <laughs> yeah, poor but Rick Rude. Li- but I like that part because I know. He didn't just gets under the skin of a lot of wrestlers, yeah. and I knew he had gotten under Warriors because they had they had fought the year before in that and that was it WrestleMania match. Yeah, WrestleMania five. Yeah, so Heenan also tries to climb into the ring, and to 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 help Rude like grab his arms to pull him back uh-huh. out, and Warrior just just leaps and jumps and grabs Heenan's head, and it's a fun match. I really like it. It was, and Warrior obviously gets the win here. He retains the title as he should mm-hmm. as the champion. Yeah. Ends the show, and him celebrating should be the last thing you think of on the show. But for me, I'm thinking, what's going to happen with Hogan and Earthquake? We still got a feud to continue there. Like Hogan didn't leg drop him. What's going to happen? Poor Warrior should have. He he, <laughs> he just wanted to main event a pay per view, and <laughs> yeah. he did. But and then later on in this year, SummerSlam or SummerSlam Survivor Series '90, Hogan's there with him in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Hogan's always always in his corner pushing pushing to be the guy yeah so well, what i noticed was uh one of the interviews with i think it was mean gene and hogan earlier in the show uh-huh. um, hogan was just talking about how you know wants to get back in the top wants to get back in the in the in the thick of things and i'm like okay so i guess he's you know back in the title race i didn't really know what it meant but you know i guess they were kind of mm-hmm. push pushing for him to get back into the top so it wasn't all warrior hence the double main event the double main event. With this double main event, what's your letter grade for this pay-per-view? Um, I liked a lot of it. I mean, some of it that uh, you felt like brought the show down, I thought was just still kind of there. Like, I, I wasn't, like, tuning out of it. Like, I was yeah. still interested and I was watching. I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Just to kind of remember what happened. Um, I'd probably give it an A-. minus. Okay. Yeah, the only, the only thing I really didn't like was the Brother Love Sergeant Slaughter segment. Everything else was fine. Yeah. More than fine. Most of the stuff was very good. I'm going to give it a B+, because mm-hmm. you've got two really, really good matches to a great match with the Heart Foundation versus Demolition, and the rest are just kind of good. And it's good Hasbro-era nostalgia to watch. Mm-hmm. So I do recommend checking it out if you haven't seen it in a long time or if you've never seen it. Uh, match of the night for you, Heart Foundation Demolition? Yeah, without a doubt. What's the second best? Oh, um... I like the Hogan Earthquake. Mm-hmm. 
I like Warrior Rude. You gotta pick yeah, one. Man, I know. I, I also They're like, both good. I, I also one. like Marty Jannetty taking on Hercules oh, and Moba. We forgot about Marty, <laughs> your guy. Yeah. Oh God. Give me. Yeah, I love the Warrior. I love how he just comes out, okay. sh- shakes the hell out of the cage, and yeah, I'm gonna go with Warrior Rude. All right, I'm gonna go Hogan Earthquake, but you could flip a coin. Both are very good, mm. worthy of the double main event status. Very good, very worthy of that. Definitely worth checking out. And a few things you guys should check out is our podcast buddies. Check out our friends Scott and Jeff at the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the original wrestling figure or podcast, Fig Life OGs. Even if you're not a big wrestling figure fan, you should check them out because they do a fun show with nostalgia and they do silliness. And it's just a great show. I listen to it every single week. Check out our friends Eric and Barry at the Doing the Favor podcast. They do a couple shows a week, one on wrestling, one on sports. And check out our friends at the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast at OVP Podcast. The best retro wrestling podcast out there today, period, including ours. They're way better than us. It's a very great show. Check out OVP Podcast and all of their shows they have out there. Check out our friends, the Breaker and Bane Power Hour. And then Breaker has a side project called You Know It's Fake Right. Our friend Lee from the Raw is Nitro Podcast does a show down there in Australia. Check him out, the Raw is Nitro Pod. Our friend Daniel Spencer and friends at the Ringside Podcast, they just had an awesome guest, Big E, jumped on their show. So it's a pretty big get for them. Wow, and, that's good. Yeah, pretty sweet. And then uh, Justin Summers does a show, Wrestling Cheers, where he interviews wrestlers, indie wrestlers, and sometimes he'll end up with a wrestler you may have heard of that's been on the national scene too. So check out the Wrestling Cheers Podcast. I always forget someone. So if I did this week, I'm sorry. I'll remember you next week. And I just want to thank everyone for listening. And I want to thank everyone for all the support. And a couple weeks ago, or I think a week ago, I put out a tweet asking everyone how they found us because I was kind of curious as I'm doing my other podcast, the which, by the way, if you're a baseball fan, check that out, the Outfield Concourse Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Concourse Pod. Kind of growing that audience and how it's different from growing this audience. Just trying to remember back to when we started this, like what made people just give a shot to a show they never heard of before, two people mm-hmm. they never heard of. And most people gave pretty cool answers of, you know, podcast buddy stuff, of recommendations, which is why I do the podcast buddy segment every week, because I think it's important to support everyone out there that's putting out content and putting out shows and putting out shows that are good and that I listen to. So check them out. Uh, Another thing I want to plug really quick. So I'm going to be a guest. I think we're recording tomorrow on the Apron Bump. You can follow them at the Hardest Part of the Ring podcast. We're going to be talking about a TNA pay-per-view. So that's gonna be interesting for me as someone who's not a TNA fan. I'll be yeah. sure to tweet out tweet out all the information about that. So I'm gonna be a guest on someone's show this week too. But anyway, make sure do, you're supporting your all the research. Pod- I'm gonna watch the show. That's my research. Oh, okay. <laughs> so make sure make sure you guys support all the podcasts out there and be nice to each other and be cool. And I don't really see any negativity on Twitter because when I do, I just unfollow those people. So I kind of mm-hmm. keep my own little world. But it's all fun. And also, keep sharing all of your wrestling figures and your purchases and your photography. I love seeing that stuff. I know you do, too. I love seeing the stuff you post, Eric, too. So keep keep doing that. Yeah, I've got a couple things I'm going to put up. I'm, uh, I got my birthday, like I said, coming up. Mm-hmm. So I asked for some 11 by 17 frames because I got some stuff from Hal Haney, who's an artist yeah. on Twitter. does awesome stuff, at Hal Haney. Um, like a rogues gallery squadron type thing of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. So you got Stone Cold Steve Austin at the bottom, like facing like all of these opponents. Mm-hmm. So it's all of his like, I guess iconic opponents through the years of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I got a Bret Hart, um, a couple other things too. Like I think Hulk Hogan and um, 
God, oh, Sting. So uh, I'm probably going to do a little rearranging after I get those because I want to put those on the wall. Probably cool. stick to my wrestling corner. So we'll see. Very cool. Very cool. And, 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 and. Uh, I'm, getting a, I'm getting two shadow boxes. I'm going to make something for you. If, it, if the one that I'm making for myself turns okay. out pretty good. So All I'll right. be surprised. If it sucks, we won't talk about it. If it does, then, <laughs> okay. then, then the whole world will find out. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And everybody follow Eric on Twitter at positively underscore Eric. And he is the birthday boy coming up as the yeah. show is released today. So wish him a happy birthday. And I might got a birthday next week on June 22nd as well. So we're the birthday boys, as we talked about. <laughs> wish us happy birthday. Send us presents, all that stuff. Yeah. Eric, anything else for you wrap up? No, that's it. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week.